Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Sports Card Madness, Episode 3, the podcast that focuses on sports cards, the hobby, collecting, and everything else in between. Today, I sat down with LZ again, and we kicked around what stood out for us at the National, along with several current events, one of them being Post Malone's acquisition of a two-plus million-dollar magic card that made someone's day for sure. And we also talked about $5 million of Michael Jordan rookie cards that were basically sitting around unprotected at the National and what we thought of that and got into a bunch of other stuff too. I think you'll really enjoy it. And let's dive in. Hello, welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. I'm your host, Nick. I'm here with LZ and we are here to talk sports cards, the hobby, collectibles, and everything in between. We're super excited. We've made it to episode three, and I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get into things. How are you doing, Elsie? I'm doing good, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Yeah. I feel like neither of us made it to the national, but we've been living vicariously through everybody for, for a while now. Yeah, I I, I talked about it on the, the last episode that, that we did together, right? Like, I need to, like, temper how much social media I use, but last week was not the week to do it, right? <laughs> like, with everything going on at the national. I definitely was staying very close to uh, the social media feeds to see everything that was going on. Yeah, it was awesome. I kind of wish I was there now that I've seen everything, but we'll get into that. So I was all set to dive in and talk about the national, but something just like just stopped me in my tracks yesterday. I I dabbled in magic cards back in the day, but this kind of caught me by surprise. So Post Malone paid, I think it's $2.6 million dollars for a specific magic card. Card doesn't do anything too crazy in terms of the game, but mm-hmm. it is a one of one and looks cool. It's the Ring of Power type card. It's got some Lord of the Rings writing on it. And what what stood out for me was like, wow, okay, number one, this card is Magic the Gathering and it's worth 2.6 million. That's cool. And then the fact that Post Malone bought it's pretty interesting because he's just like megastar. The third thing that was cool is this was bought by just a random 30-something retail worker, and he was super pumped to, to yeah. have it, obviously. I don't know. What, do you, what did you think of that? Yeah, I, I would say yeah, Post Malone definitely backed up the Brinks truck, Nick, with this one. <laughs> $2.6 million for a Magic card. It's, that, that is incredible. I mean, to be that, that 30-something who pulled that card and diving into the story a bit, bit more last night and this morning i think the interesting part of it was i guess this guy was getting a lot of offers from a lot of different dealers and and collectors and he made it a point that he wanted to if he was going to sell it which i think he knew the value and he was going to sell it but he wanted to give it to someone who actually played the game played the magic the gathering game and he said his immediate thought was post malone he knows post malone plays awesome Post Malone would certainly pay a good price for it. So good for him, right? Social media, like you see like the pictures, big smiles from both of them. They were so bold. He met him and he got to meet Post yeah. Malone. That's cool too, right? Yeah, that's, awesome. that's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. If only it was me. I love Post Malone, <laughs> but it's all good. So, all right. So yeah, the, the National looked like it was pretty epic. I think they mm-hmm. they blew out attendance records. They added another 30% and filled that, no problem. And there were some, there were a lot of things that really stood out for me. The, the first one 
was there was this discussion with Jeff Wilson and Probstein over the value of cards, which I thought was cool because we got we talked about that in episode one. So mm-hmm. the argument Jeff was making, which I actually agree with, is you've got the highest graded raw card or the highest graded card that exists for a certain card. Let's just call it um, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rookie card or something like that. Um, okay. So let's say you have a PSA 9 of that or PSA 10 of that. His argument is if you have an autographed one that is slightly lesser grade, that that's more valuable. I think for living players, um, mm-hmm. that not necessarily be the case. So maybe Kareem was a bad example, but I think Bill Russell was what they used. And so his argument was a PSA 6 autographed by Bill Russell should be worth as much as a PSA 8 not autographed by Bill Russell, which I thought was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I lean towards him. I, I always kind of want the autograph on the card, makes it a little extra special. And I think yeah. it eventually should catch up in value, but yeah. Yeah, Nick, I, I totally agree. I mean, you and I are cut from the same cloth when it, when it comes to this, this, this thought here. We touched on it last time we met again. It was, it, let's just use the Kareem as the example. Oh, Bill Russell is the example, right? Bill Russell actually touched that card. Right. Like he signed it. He's right? not here as anymore. Opposed, and he's not here anymore. And there's a story behind it. There's different variations of the signature, right? You get a really good quality one with a good Sharpie or a good ball ballpoint pen. So there's it's just variations too when you start grading even the auto as well. So yeah, you get a, a six corners are nice and you get like a 10 auto on that. Like Russell took his time signing that card. So yeah, yeah. I agree. So yeah, that was, that was a... There's a big yeah. gap with Michael Jordan too, like the the PSA mm-hmm. 10 Michael Jordan cards, you name it, any card. Um, mm-hmm. If you get an autographed card, there is similar pop in terms of like the population that exists, mm-hmm. but then there's just a massive value difference. The autographed cards aren't worth as much as the pristine versions of his cards. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out over time. I think it's like a, it will. we don't know the answer yet. It will. And I'm sure our listeners can tell that we're very in tune with autos. We've talked about them a lot. So we'll, We'll definitely keep everybody posted on on <laughs> trends and autographs. And, we like and other things, things like. besides autographs. I promise. I promise. We do. We we do. <laughs> we do. And 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 I'll. If you don't mind, can I can I tell you one of the ones that that yeah, I was tracking last week? Let's hear it. Very interesting. Very cool. I had mentioned last time that one of the sets that I'm trying to build right now is the 1986 Flair basketball set, auto signed. It's an iconic iconic set of a lot of rookies in there it's just an incredible set and during the national fanatics and bbc exchange they collaborated and did this really cool giveaway where they had an unopened box not pack box of 1986 flare cards and they gave them away over like a two or three day span that box is uh, 150 grand all day long. Yeah. Right. Easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 150 grand. Um, packs of three grand. Easy. <laughs> yeah. You just give away. I've seen them slabbed. I mean, it's incredible. People do with these the unopened packs. Like they put them in a slab, PSA, Beckett. So it was cool. So you had on Fanatics Live, which is one of, one of the new apps they have, they had on stage, it was. BBC Exchange, a, a couple guys from from there, and then they brought Michael Rubin and Alan Iverson, AI, 
up on stage to actually break or to to open these packs and they were giving them away and i don't um, know who i'd be more excited about more michael rubin or ai no they're both pretty cool yeah some big some big dogs on, on stage there and you could tell even the hosts were were very excited to have both of those guys up on stage and the the story goes even further right so Ruben Michael was up on stage and he starts asking the guys starts asking questions about the set and what are what are some of the great cards to get in this set and they talked about Barkley's rookie and Olajuwon's rookie and Clyde Drexler and then Allen Iverson started chiming in on some of his favorite players as well out of that set so then Michael Rubin asked well what does what does a, a Jordan rookie go for and the guys on the the, the guys on stage the host said well if if you get a 10, if you get like a really pristine Michael Jordan, PSA 10, that could be worth $100,000, $150,000. So Michael Rubin immediately said to Allen Iverson, AI, if you pull a Michael Jordan card that is supposed to go to whoever the giveaway was for it, because they're pulling names that randomly out of a hat, basically. And he said, I'm going to reach out to that person. I'm going to buy that Michael Jordan card off of them. I'm going to give it to you. So what happens about 20 minutes later? They pull a Jordan card. The place erupts. And uh, that's some big boy moves right there. Hey, I got you. 150 grand. No problem. (laughs) And and Michael Rubin, as far as I know, he, he reached out to that individual and he bought it. He bought it. He gave it to AI, but the story goes even further. They take the card. They walk it over to PSA, who was at the National, and they do a very quick grading of this card. It comes back an eight. It comes back a PSA eight, which is not worth $150,000. Yeah, it's probably 10 grand, give or take, something like that. 10000 So Michael Rubin up on stage is laughing. AI, I just... I just bought your card for 150 grand and it's worth eight grand. That was a priceless moment. That was great. That was throwing an invitation to his white party or something like that to make up for the loss. (laughs) There we go. There we go. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The the other interesting one that stood out for me, I am a big Kareem fan, obviously with my 1969 set, his rookie card is super important. It's one of the flagship cards in the set. So over the last couple of years, I've been cracking or opening up slabs and getting his card signed. But that process takes a while, right? You got to like buy the card, get it shipped to you, crack it, ship it to him, get it signed, get it back. This guy at the National, he did it all in like an hour. So he buys this PSA 7 Kareem card, which, you know, that's also probably about $10,000. He cracks it on the run with a screwdriver. Walks it right you over. You didn't to, use tile cutters, Nick. No, no. I think he, he used something else. It was it was cooler, and it wasn't tile cutters. Yeah. So he brought it over and just literally handed it to Kareem. Like it didn't have to go through the shipping and insurance and all that stuff. Mm. Kareem signed it with his full name. He inscribed my rookie card. Then not not just like that in itself saves you like a month, right? Like a month of time. But then he went one step further. And PSA was on site and they actually were slabbing things on site. So he walked it over to PSA, got the thing slabbed and it was slabbed a 710, which with it, with an auto, that's just like a beautiful card. I think my best yeah. one is a 610 because okay. this things happen to the card and shipment and everything. So 
I don't know. It was pretty cool. That stood out for me. Yeah. And, and it was all on video, right? You saw the whole, the whole thing. Path. I, I did see, I did see that, that one. So y- you said that you actually do have a fair amount of Kareem autos. Yeah. When I see a Kareem auto, I mean, they're great. He does like the full signature. You can almost see like every letter of Kareem's autograph. Do you have, do they all come back tens or did, oh, do you have some that not. come back eights and Yeah. So the thing, and, the thing yeah. that Kareem does is he's got a long name. It's not Nick yeah. Smith. You right. know, so he's got to fit mm-hmm. that long name into a tall boy card, which is three inches wide. So he does a great job. Most of the time, I would say he pulls off a 10, but I don't know, one third of the time or whatever, it trails off the card. So that Jabbar, like that R will kind of go off the card, which yeah. is sort of a bummer. I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, I'm not judging anyone. My signature is horrendous. So <laughs> but yeah, I'm lucky you know, if yeah, I, so, I'm lucky if you can even read the L and the Z. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so like if he if he does that, yeah. typically they'll grade it a nine, like if it goes off yeah. the card, which which is fine. But yeah, no, it's pretty cool for him to kind of maintain that and get that get that grade too. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, we could we could talk about the national for forever here with everything that happened. Yeah. But the other one, and this is a really quick one, and I won't ramble on about this one. There was this guy who had this incredible tattoo. It was like this full arm sleeve of like very old like vintage baseball cards like it was like the tobacco cards from back in the day and it was like beautiful i I would guess that it was a fairly new tattoo because the colors were like really popping on this thing so i think that i think i think that's what's great about the national which is this big industry collectible event is yes you can go there to buy cards there's also people on stage talking about different topics. And then there are people that just go there and they want to show off these incredible. It's like a con. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the future too. It'll be interesting to see what fanatics does with the events because I'm going mm-hmm. to comic con on Sunday with my daughter and that's, that's a blast. It's very different than a card show. It's more, more pageantry. You dress up. Mm-hmm. They're collectors too, though, which is cool. And they, there's autographs involved, but I think like, the more spectacle or the more interesting things that can happen at the national, I think would be, would be great. There's no reason they can't have like a kid's area with like players chucking passes to them or running forties and getting timed and stuff like that. I think there's, there's definitely going to be a transition. I think over the next few years, almost a a healthy competition, I think between what fanatics does and in the national, but yeah, it was pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Pretty interesting. And that's how you build. Oh, sorry, Nick. I mean, that's how you build this collectible market like the just the space that that we want to talk about every day you build it by having these other experiences too right the kick the field goal or or meet your favorite player or there's just there's so much you can do and i like the fact especially with some of the things fanatics are doing using using technology like i had a chance to use their fanatics live app and they seem to be doing some great things there. So, I mean, what could you even do with technology at these conferences as well? So, I think it's it's exciting. Yes, yeah, obviously, the demand. Uh, they're they're blowing at the seams, and it's like one of the biggest convention centers mm-hmm. in the world. So, and yeah. I think it's healthy healthy competition too, Nick, for the national as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, now need, now yeah, there's another right. one. Yeah, I think it, it could be good. Yeah, they could yeah. even do East Coast West Coast thing, or who knows. 
Mm -hmm. It's interesting too, like the national, it goes to show the rarity of some of the stuff we're dealing with, like with our sets. I talked to five or six people that were there and Mm -hmm. if they could get to a table because of the crowd, Mm -hmm. it's, it was one of the themes was that signed vintage was very rare. It was tough to kind of find a lot of signed vintage cards mm-hmm. for for the listeners out there. I know I use these words probably without explaining them. Vintage very simply just means cards that were made and are not made anymore. That's that's vintage or whatever. Modern's debatable. There's ultra modern and modern. It, it really just depends mm-hmm. on the year of the card. But what I was saying is that these old cards that aren't made anymore that are signed as well often from deceased players were super rare there so it makes me feel good yeah. about like the assets i'm accumulating and the sets mm-hmm. yeah and and nick i i was hearing similar feedback but not even just the auto side even vintage as a whole there there wasn't too too much of it as well so yep. for the listeners it's it's definitely something to 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 get into i love the modern stuff as well but getting into that vintage and that's what me and nick are here for to help you i mean feel free to reach out to us as well through comments on this podcast or instagram or what have you happy to help you out in those areas yeah for sure yeah so one other crazy flex that i saw so propstein's been in the game for a very long time he owns a massive consignment house that they're Mm. probably like the second biggest on ebay or whatever they're great he's great for the hobby he's got a ridiculous collection and at his booth, he had in, I don't know, a simple plexiglass, like it looked like a target frame, to be honest. Inside this, this frame that was probably four foot by three foot or something like that, there were casually $5 million worth of Michael Jordan rookie cards. There was, the frame was framed out by PSA 10 Michael Jordan cards. And they were just kind of chilling there. There's no security guard, nothing like that. I thought that was bananas. Not not just like it, just so much value in one place. It was just like the craziest yeah. flex ever. And there was what just a a card table between you and those cards protecting you yeah. from five million dollars in in Michael Jordan cards. Yeah, yeah. I, I was following that too. The and, and and sure you can you can fill us in a bit more on these details. But what I also heard was that he went and he wanted to see if so beckett they have a different grading scale and they have their verse so you have psa 10 but then beckett they have something even like above that which is like their black is it black gem is it called nick yeah they actually have two above two above that yeah so there's psa 10 yeah which we kind of talked about last week and then beckett's got a pristine but not black label that's like okay just the hair better than PSA 10. And then the black label's ridiculous. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like they're not just handing those out to like every car on the street. If your finger like ever even touched it, it probably would fail. Like you, you have to immediately take the thing out of the pack with gloves and there just aren't many of them. They're not handing them out like crazy. And I think, uh, yeah, someone paid for him to submit them all to try to get that black label. No dice, no dice. None, None of them passed, which is, which is wild. It, to- it shows you how selective they are. I mean, because these are all well-graded Michael Jordan rookie cards, but yeah, that was, that's fascinating. So yeah, if you, I mean, I could only imagine what a black label MJ 86 Fleer rookie card would go for. It would be in the, in the millions for sure. Yes. Cause it's like one of one, like not one of one, like this magic, the gathering card, like this is like 
a legit crazy one of one that you'll probably never see again. So, right. Fascinating. It would be cool I, to pool all the PSA 10s and see if all the tens, if any of them qualify. But it was cool. I mean, props to, to Propstein. That was an attention getter. It's really, really cool display. So there was one more thing you wanted to cover from National, right? There was. There was. Man, I feel like we're talking about Michael Jordan was, was everywhere during the National. Like, it, was, it was this one quick video of this kid who was opening up a box. And he was probably in his teens. And there was all these guys surrounding him. And they were all like cheering him on. And he was opening up this exquisite box from upper deck like small box it probably had maybe three or four cards in it and he was opening it up and they were talking oh is there gonna be a michael jordan in there this and that and the first card was i I forget what it was but it was just a, a normal card and the next card he pulled was a michael jordan exquisite upper deck autograph signed it actually had i believe it was a piece of his jersey in the card as well the place erupted people surrounding this kid like chanting his name and the one thing that made me nervous i mean maybe he knew all these people and that's fine but the one thing that made me nervous is like everybody around him like grabbed the card and started passing it around and i was like oh come on man very nervous (laughs) now again that's the only context I had from the video. Maybe he knew all of them and they were he might have just said, hand it. Yeah. Everybody check but, it out or whatever. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we need like, uh, a lot of energy in the room right there when that, when that happened. Like the no shirt, no shoes, no service sign or like don't pee in the pool sign. Like there needs to be like a, a card etiquette sign. Like, all right, guys, if you pull a card, don't do this with it. Don't hand it to other. That's it. Whatever. That's it. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that was wild too. All right. I think that's, that's good for two people that didn't go to the national. I feel like that's next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think next year we'll probably do a pod from there for sure. Next year. Um, yeah, and we'll for context there. for the audience, this episode's going to be published on August 11th and we're talking on August 3rd. So the national happened like last week for us right now, but you know, this is coming out in a couple of weeks. So cool. Yeah, one of the things I, I wanted to talk about, because we're always kind of wheeling and dealing cards. You know, I think I think it might be cool for them to hear some of the pickups we've had in the last like week or two. So for me personally, I brought this up on, on the last pod. I acquired a, a Pistol Pete Maravich rookie card, which is only eight in the world that are signed. It's a 1970 Topps card. I should have grabbed it. I could show it. So this is a really cool pickup for me, but I wanted to talk about the mechanics behind it because this can show you, this shows you how crazy these deals can go. So one of my buddies posted his Maravich card on Instagram and I made a comment on there that said, man, I'd love to have that card someday. That's it. Walked away, went about my day. Somebody messaged me because they saw that said, I got one. Do you want it? They gave me a price. And I said, all right, that price works. Where do you live? Of course, they live in Los Angeles and I live in Boston. So I'm not driving to it. (laughs) No. And I was like, all right, well, that's a little bit of a problem because the insurance on this card is going to be nuts to ship. And there's just a lot of risk, right? So there's a good friend of mine that's in the card world. And I've bought a lot of stuff from him. And I've built up so much trust that he lives in the Los Angeles area. And I said, Hey, Dan, can you meet with this guy for me? Exchange the card, exchange the, the money and, and grab it and ship it back to me. 
So trusting this card that's, it's, it's a five figure plus card in the hands of a buddy that could be like, nah, I don't feel like shipping it back to you. It was pretty wild. Ooh, and this would look good in my collection. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One for you. Yeah. Yeah. It all went down. They, they met up at a casino that was halfway between the two. Dan called me and said, all right, I got the card. I also got a Scarface poster in the same deal. Card looks good. Everything's legit. Matches what you're getting. We're good. You want me to hand the money over? Hands the money over. They separate. Dan ships me the card. Of course, the Postal Service loses it for a day. They just have to do that for fun sometimes to like make your life <laughs> interesting. And then it, then it showed up and I got it. And it's, it's pretty sweet. It's, it's probably staying in my collection for a while, which is pretty cool. Yeah, congrats on that one, Nick. That one's... That's a beautiful card. You sent me pictures of that. That's very nice. Yeah. And just the story behind Pistol Pete as well. Him passing at a at a young age. Um, right. Yeah. He died at 40. Um, yeah. Pretty wild. But yeah. He was just. But his handles. For those that for those that maybe do or do, don't know, know about Pistol Pete. I mean, man, he was just an incredible ball handler. Incredible. The yeah, things that he would six, do with a basketball. Four, six, five. Mm. And basically had the same vision and handling as John Stockton. Probably better. Yeah. Probably would be a better mm. distance shooter too. But they just didn't mm-hmm. have a point line. I mean, the dude scored 43 points a year in college. And somebody did the math. If they had a three-point line, it would be like 55. He'd be averaging 55 points a game for the season. Wow. Every season. Just wow. Bonkers, right? Like he was, he deserved the name Pistol Pete, like for the sharpshooters. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. So what do you that's got going cool. on? What'd you get in the last week or so? I'm I'm actually not going to talk about basketball. Oh, all right. Oh, no, I'm not going to. Let's hear it. Because I could talk about the set that I'm building, and we talk. We, we're going to talk about that one all the time. But just two interesting TTMs that I got back this week that I wanted to share with the audience through the mail. TTM. I sent these things in the mail. A while ago. Oh, geez. I don't probably, probably three months ago. And, and I got them back this week. And it's like, again, it's the fun of going to the mailbox. I, I actually have them here. They're right on my desk. Oh, um, whoa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll see if we can do a little visual here. But the first one is actually a Jay Leno. The glare is kind of tight. And if I hold a it back here, ring on that Jay Leno wrestling card. I feel like that was from a WWF event like 20 years ago or something. Yeah, It's a Topps 1998 World Championship Wrestling card, WWC. And the reason why I wanted to talk talk about this one today is for those that kind of keep up on kind of pop news culture, Jay Leno's actually had some, some kind of health scares this year. I know, certainly, I know one, he, he got burned i think it was working on one of his cars and that was actually when i sent him this letter i just sent him a letter like you know jay hopefully you're feeling better and then soon after he had he had another health issue so i mean i think it's it's good news that that jay must be feeling better enough to be signing these cards and 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 mailing them out so Probably a good if, sign. If Jay is listening, Jay, I'm I'm happy that you're I'm happy that you're feeling better. Yeah, and cool wrestling. And, and thank you. Thank you for my card. So that was just an obscure, obscure card. Second one was we talked about turning lemons into lemonade when when we got together last time. 
and this is by no means a lemon card, but Daryl Waltrip, NASCAR driver, yep. also broadcaster as well. Great, great on air. Just real funny and charismatic. Yeah, funny dude. Yeah. Uh, a 2018 Panini Prism. I'll try to make sure there's no glare there. Well, it's nice. It's just a cool card. I mean, it's a newer card from 2018, but that's an old school pick right there. I picked this card up because I heard that Waltrip signed, but it's actually numbered as well on the back and the glare's terrible on the screen, but you can't see that. But it's 52 out of 99. So here is this card that I got for just a couple dollars. And I said, hey, well, it's numbered. So they're only making 99 of these things. And this is number 52 of it. Why don't I see if Waltrip will sign it? And he did. So. I got these both back this week. These are kind of the the two cool ones. I mean, there were other ones that came this week, but I wanted to I want to make sure that you know I covered things other than basketball. So we have yeah, a, yeah. Jay I Leno. I swear we like more than basketball. We'll have some baseball people on. And an ascot. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, I to be fair, I got a Disney card back. I I got a, a yeah. Toy Story card that has pieces of the actual film from Toy Story two in it. I sent mm. that to Tim Allen. It's a Buzz Lightyear card, and he signed it for mm-hmm. me. And I came back a nine ten for PSA, which is pretty cool. Like that'll just awesome. be in my my collection forever. It's Disney. It's pretty. It's pretty neat. So, and yeah, I'm sure your kids, your kids probably enjoyed that one too, Nick. Right? The kids yeah. did they like that card? Yeah, yeah. they loved it. They they loved yeah. it. I mean, yeah. My son always gets excited when anything comes autographed through the man. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. super stoked about it. Yeah. Cool. Well, that actually dovetails into one thing that I wanted to bring up: movies. Netflix. So you're talking about Toy Story, right? And and Netflix. One of the things that I wanted to bring up today, which is an incredible watch on Netflix for collectors or anybody who's even interested in collecting or maybe like not even interested in it, but just literally wants to be entertained. There's this incredible show. I'm sure some of our listeners have already seen it. Maybe the majority have. It is called it's a bit, it's a mouthful. So I wrote this down because it is a lot. I just wanted to call it the golden show, but it's not called the golden show on Netflix. It's King of Collectibles, the golden touch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a great watch. So it, it follows um, one of the auction houses, which is, which is golden, golden auctions. And there's a whole story behind that. Very charismatic owner and, and CEO, probably president of, of golden. Um, been in the hobby a long time. His name, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's been, yeah, he's been in the space a long, long time, grinding it out. And it follows him and his team as they go around, and every episode kind of focuses on maybe like two or three different collectibles or collections that they're going after. And this is everything from Nat F1 racing cards. There is a whole Beanie Baby episode as well which is wild and you get to meet all the different personalities and and folks that they have that he has working for him and it's really good and similar to what we're trying to do with this podcast that show is very approachable so i would say i would recommend it to really anybody because it's just it's just entertaining at one point they have peyton manning on the show rick flair so i'm i'm probably giving away too much but Right, it's kind of I like know. watching Pawn Stars or something. It's just entertaining. Yeah, for, you're seeing interesting stuff. You know. Yeah, Very it is. Cool. It is so highly recommend it to everyone. It's a good way just to learn because they have like teachable moments in there as well. So, 
that's a that's a good watch and and if any of these other ones come up we'll uh, we'll make sure we we tell you about them so yeah perfect yeah that's on that's on netflix right that's on netflix king of collectibles yep. cool good stuff yep. king of collectibles right. yeah so i think i think the time has come for madness university right <laughs> Yes, our madness you every week. Do a little uh, madness you. So typically, you're you're serving them up to me. So I think you wanted yes. to ask me something, right? We'll do yes, that. Yes, I did. Perfect. Yeah, we're. I, I love being able to serve them up to you because then, like, really, like the pressure isn't on me, Nick. I love it. So, yes. I don't want to see you. So it's it's great. I'm surprised. I also, you're, my opinion. Yeah. Cool. You're like a wealth of knowledge. So we're gonna be right. serving them up to you for a while, but. With the Netflix show Golden, I kind of wanted to just get into, like, what is an auction house? Like, wait a minute. For someone who's getting back into the game, into the collecting game, maybe they did it in the past. And in the past, they just went to the store and they bought some cards and maybe they sold them or they traded them. But now all of a sudden, there's these auction houses. So people, our listeners might have heard about that. So... Can you just tell us like what an what an auction house is, especially in the collectible market? Yeah, yeah, sure. Auction house might even be intimate for people to understand yeah. what that is. But mm-hmm. I think we all know what an auction is, right? You have one bidder or multiple bidders going after an item. The price rises until somebody quits, and then they get the the item. So these auction houses, there are several. I'd say Golden's probably the leading one right now. Mm-hmm. PWCC is another one. Heritage auctions, Leland's auctions. There's quite a few. There's probably a dozen that I could rattle off. They have different specialties. Some might focus on pop culture. Some might focus more on baseball or vintage. And some like Golden might just do everything. It might be something from Albert Einstein to something from Muhammad Ali. You have no idea. So the reason these auction houses exist is is a good one. They It's kind of like PSA. They are a third party that provides a service, right? So if I want to sell a card, especially an expensive card, let's say I have a Michael Jordan rookie card I want to sell. It values at 30, 35 grand. That's going to be tough for me to like find somebody. I mean, I could go in the Facebook groups and do that. And now if I've, yeah, somebody says, yes, sure. I'd like to buy your card. I have to like fly out to them. I've got to protect myself, maybe even have a bodyguard. Who knows, right? But you've got to do a lot of things to get that done. And then when you, when you get there, you got to make sure they have the right amount of money. There's no more haggling. It's done for you. It's a pain. Right? And you got to find the people. So an auction house yeah. cuts all of this out, right? They're an intermediary. So in mm-hmm. this example, I would send this Michael Jordan card to Golden. And they give me a price range for what they think it's worth. And then it would get listed in one of either the weekly auction, a monthly auction, could be a quarterly auction. And a lot of people see that. Probably most people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now instead of me going to like a few collectors and saying, hey, you want to buy my card? There are millions of people looking at this auction. They print a catalog. It's online. So you got your eyeballs. Yeah. And then when the sale's done, they handle that. They're handling the collection of payment and, and all of that stuff. And they'll handle shipping the card too. So basically... Mm-hmm. You hand them a card, you get a check. It's it's Set. free. You pay for this fee. You pay for this convenience. Typically, it's twenty percent. Mm-hmm. It can be different depending on the prices of items and what you go you negotiate with the auction house. 
But it's it's good for another reason too. So I personally finished my set last July, thanks to Golden. I bought the Michael Jordan autograph rookie card there. It was the reason I wanted to buy it from an auction house, other than the convenience that I just mentioned, was that Golden will back it up. So if something happens with that card and I get it, it doesn't look right, I think it's fake, or if it turns out to be fake, mm-hmm. I can go back to Golden and be like, come on, guys, you know, this this wasn't right. This this has probably happened before. I don't want to speak for them, but and they'll they'll back it up for sure. Most auction houses will say, All right, money back. They'll deal with it with the, the person who gave the card. And so there's there's convenience and peace of mind. And eyeballs, essentially. So it's it's a great service for the collector community, really collecting anything. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're, they're doing a lot, if not all the legwork for you. So, yeah. you know, the service, the service might make sense. And, you know, the story around you having to find people on a Facebook group or um, there's risk in that, right? So this is another way of like de-risking the sale that you're, that you're trying to trying to do so that's that's interesting you'd mentioned so there's there's golden pwcc was was another one right that is the one i believe didn't fanatics just buy them yeah well, recently i mean let's they call did. it past six months maybe or so yeah that's so that actually reminds me they they yeah. offer one more service that's quite convenient they have a vaulting service so okay. both pwcc and golden you can actually send them cards if you buy a card they'll stick it in their vault They'll take a nice picture and you can literally, without handling the cards, sell it from that vault to eBay. And the kicker is you don't pay taxes on that typically unless you live in the state where you, where the vault is because you never actually possess the card. Ooh. So I, I could see why fanatics would buy PWCC. It's just vertically integrating, right? Like you, yeah. you want to be able to, to have that extra service as well. Hmm. Oh, that's that. I didn't. I didn't know about that tax thing. So this. This is why. This is why we have Nick. We have Nick right now. Well, I'm totally sure. I'm not a tax attorney. Yeah. No, I'm it's... pretty sure there's a tax savings. Yeah. If you don't possess the item. You wow. don't pay it until you actually sell the item and collect the proceeds, which could be years, right? So you can defer your taxes until, you know, you have a lower income, etc. Right. Very cool. Very, Very cool. cool. All awesome. right. That was madness you. So uh, yeah, we'll close it. Let's close out the Bob with a couple things. The first one I think uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to do is just to kind of see what me and Larry are up to over the next week or two. So LZ, what do you got going on in the next week or so in the collection world? Yeah, well, right now to the it, it, over over on this side of the room, I do have a couple. Well, I don't, they're not TTMs. They were they were autographs that came in from the 1960, not 1986 flare set. So I'm laser focused on that one right now. Cool. And I'm excited to open up these couple. I'll share them on my Instagram, autograph stalker on Instagram. But for me, for me, that's, that's going to be the focus. Also going to be catching up on more national news. There is, there was some news that just dropped today around Panini and Fanatics and potential lawsuit. So definitely this week, I want to read up on that, see what's going on, see what's going on there. You kind of have the 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 old big dog versus kind of the new one who's going to be be, be taken over soon. So be I'll be focusing on the yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting there. What what do you got going on this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm always on the hunt for. I'm down to six more that I need for the signed mm-hmm. 1969 top set. 
That's going to be out there. That's going to take me a while. And then besides that, I've got Michael Jordan rookie thicker card that I bought actually at Golden. I'm looking to send that to PSA to hopefully get slabbed for the my collection as an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers and then crossed. Get the other one, so it's perfect. Figure. <laughs> That's well. Hopefully it works out. But it's been... I didn't know you're going to share that with the audience, but yeah, that they're yeah, fingers double fingers crossed because I mean I want Nick to be able to get that in a PSA because I know your that whole set that you have is exactly, yeah. is PSA, so you don't want to have this random JSA one. But yep. yes, there is the opportunity for uh, for me to procure that card if it all works out. Uh, we'll see. All right, let's uh, yeah. let's close this out. So one of the things I wanted to ask the audience: we're obviously a a new podcast. And reviews are critical. We're getting like tons of great feedback, which is awesome. I didn't think anybody would actually want to listen to us at first. So it's pretty cool. And I think what we decided to do is run a little contest. So if you like the podcast, please, wherever you get the podcast, could be Apple, Spotify, whatever. If you leave us a five-star review, mm-hmm. take a screenshot, DM it to either me or Larry. I'm Boston Card Hunter on Instagram. Larry's Auto Stalker. Autogra- right? Autograph Stalker. Autograph Stalker. On Instagram. DM it to one of us. We'll enter you in. And LZ, what do we got for for prize? So the first one up is we have again. Sorry for the glare, everybody, but this is a mega box retail box, a full box of cards, 2021 baseball prism. So awesome. hey, awesome. you write us a review. Yep. We're gonna send it. We'll Somebody's getting in next week. We'll, we'll announce it. Yeah, we'll announce it. I mean, this it's even says on the side there, there's even an autograph in the box too. So this could be a pretty cool, pretty cool gift for everybody. Get so we're going to judge auto, Otani auto, something good like that. Nice. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, Perfect. could be anything. So. All right. So yeah, if you, like I said, if you like us, leave us a five star review, take a screenshot mm-hmm. and send it to us. So you'll be entered to the, to this and we'll give it out next week. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. This, uh, this was a blast. It went fast. <laughs> it it always goes fast. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get a, we'll get another great guest on next week. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. That's the pod. Mm-hmm.